Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By, a weekly podcast designed to help us discover and live in life-giving truth, and more importantly, to experience all the hope truth provides. You know, discovering and living in truth has been my specific focus for about 10 years, I think it is now. The trigger for me was reading an article by ABC News with the title, quote, Americans are surprisingly flexible about matters of religious faith. Well, I expected the article would reveal Americans are accepting of people of different religious backgrounds and beliefs living in our country. But what I read was that a lot of Americans, including those in positions of influence and power, are actually taking tenets of different religious faiths and mixing them to create a religious belief of their own preference. And learning this absolutely broke my heart and utterly enraged me. I mean, to realize how the enemy of God, the devil, has deceived so many people and how these people in turn are influencing others, it overwhelmed me. And one of the most famous people who has done that, who comes to my mind, is Oprah Winfrey. Now, I realize Oprah has a tremendous following, and she influences countless numbers of people worldwide, but is she leading them to truth? Having done considerable research, in fact, my first book in my Faith to Live By series was inspired by that same ABC article, and the first book is titled Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies, and I want you to have that book, so there will be a link in the show notes where you can get it directly from me. So in my research, I have learned there are many people who are deceived, and because the nature of deception means the victim is unaware, these people continue living their lives on the basis of lies without realizing it. They are influenced by the very enemy of God, the devil, who is the father of all lies. Could this be you? Yes. And it once was me. Over 30 years ago, I was caused to admit I had lived my life on the basis of lies without realizing it. For me, as it is true for most people, it took a life crisis, a confrontation, an unexpected event to cause me to realize the truth, which was completely overwhelming. I mean, to realize I had based my entire life at that point on lies was devastating. But praise God, he allowed me to experience the crisis because the crisis allowed me to seek truth and get my life on the right course. And I believe God is doing the same thing for the whole world right now. He is allowing us to experience tremendous numbers of crises, especially since early 2020 with the onset of COVID-19 that has captured the attention of every person on the globe. I am aware that my points of view are not well received by everyone. In fact, I received an email from a man who had supported my ministry financially whom I hold dear to my heart, even to this very day, and I always will. But he wrote me saying that he had listened to my podcast up until the presidential election of 2020, and then he couldn't listen anymore because, in his words, he couldn't agree with anything I had to say. Wow, anything? That's a very broad brush. On the other hand, I received a text from a woman I've only ever known via the internet and phone who wrote, Pam, Each week, I listen to your podcast. I learn from you and admire you. I'm very strengthened, grateful, and delighted how week after week you speak to the very issues on my heart. Be blessed. You are a great champion. Well, I was really glad to get that text, especially on the heels of the other email. So, regardless if you readily embrace what I share or not, would you at least be willing to hear me out for your own sake? 
What I share that I believe to be true may not be readily apparent to you right now, but I sincerely believe it will be in the future. Again, when we are deceived, we don't know we are deceived. To realize we are deceived requires an abrupt challenge, even a crisis, to reveal our condition. Understand, a crisis is an abrupt negative change in security, economics, politics, and environmental affairs, and also in the natural, a crisis would be a tsunami or earthquake, uh, erupting volcanoes and things like that. And I'm certain we can all agree that the world has been experiencing various crises and in increasing succession in recent times. God is allowing these things to wake us up to the truth. The natural response for all of us is to figure out what in the world is going on and to make sure we are aligning ourselves to assure our own safety and protection. We are created by God to want to know and live in truth. And I firmly believe God has been at work to abruptly cause us to see the truth that up to this point, we haven't seen properly. Every one of us is experiencing the turbulence, strife, and conflict in the world today. What is the cause? It is the battle between good and evil, which has reached an intensity we've never known before in our lifetimes. God is allowing the enemy, the devil, to expose himself so that people worldwide can knowingly decide with whom they will align themselves. Now, I've known since late 2019 that God is exposing corruption in every area of our culture so people can be freed from deception and wake up to truth and then align themselves, align their lives with the truth and all the glorious benefits truth provides. No one wants to live their life on the basis of a lie, yet we all can without realizing it, which is why God, motivated by his love for us, is abruptly causing us to see what is true and what is not. While God is busy exposing corruption so we can discover truth, the enemy of God, Satan, is working overtime to make truth as obscure as possible in his effort to keep people deceived. People who are deceived are the enemy's pawns in his efforts to destroy all that is important to God. We learn from the Bible that the enemy, known as Satan, has wanted to dethrone God and have all the people whom God created in his image to bow down and worship him. This is the essence of the battle that people from all nations around the world are subjected to today. Why have we come to such a time, not just in America, but worldwide, where evil is rampant and operating in ways that are visible? It used to be that evil was done in secret, in the dark, in covert ways. But today, evil is evident and blatantly being conducted before our very eyes. There is no shame in doing evil in plain sight because the conscience of so many has been seared. And this reminds me of Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 32. And I want to read it to you from the English Standard Version. Quote, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God 
for the image is made to look like mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones, in the same way men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, strife, murder, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. End quote. We are witnessing with our own eyes people who are influenced by evil, seeking to destroy our country, seeking to destroy our freedoms, our families, our way of life. But these evil forces are not just at work in America. They are rampant worldwide. All that we once trusted in with our government and our cultural institutions has been corrupted, leaving us with nowhere to go and nothing to trust except God. As I've been studying and listening to others who are more knowledgeable than me and seeking the Lord, even in the midst of all the destruction and wickedness, I rejoice. I really do. I have a heart of joy. Since late 2019, I've known that God is exposing corruption and evil of all sorts and in all places to set the scene to administer his justice by bringing judgment against the wicked and correction upon the righteous. If your Christian theology believes that things in the world will get worse and worse and worse, and then Christ will return to rapture his church, to rapture his bride from all the ravages of evil, and then the great tribulation will occur, I ask you to reconsider your understanding. The Bible is clear that the church, Christ's bride, must make herself ready before Christ returns. We read this in Revelations chapter 19, verse 7. Christ is not returning to a bride with spot and wrinkles or for a fearful, fretful bride. No, he's returning for his victorious and overcoming bride when we have made ourselves ready. Notice Revelation clearly states we must make ourselves ready ready, which we accomplish by seeking God and doing His will, living in the victory and the power Christ has given us. It is so clear to me that God is permitting the evils we are experiencing to cause us to wake up, to realize the truth, and prepare ourselves for His return. In the same way deception requires a challenging event to wake the person up from deception, God is challenging us, His people today, to wake us up to the truth, and the full extent of evil. Part of what God has revealed must take place before the end of the earth and Christ's final redemption of mankind 
is the great white harvest of souls, or the billion soul harvest, as some prophets have come to call it. What God has predetermined to happen will happen, and the gates of hell will not prevail. However, this truth does not prevent the enemy of God from trying to alter and overcome God's plans. Now, you may not agree with all I have concluded, and I'm not saying that I won't learn more details that may change different specifics I have concluded as of this date and time, but let's consider the days we live in to know what God is doing and to deliberately and intentionally choose to partner with Him. First, let's understand God created heaven and the earth for His purposes. The enemy of God, known as Satan, successfully interfered with God's plans, bringing sin, corruption, and death upon the earth by appealing to the free will of the first man and the first woman. This didn't come as any surprise to God. God knew the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve, would reject God with the influence and the lies and the deception of Satan. And to this day, deception remains the most successful weapon in the enemy's arsenal. The enemy is not all-knowing, so he does not know the future. The enemy is not all-powerful, so he cannot outperform God. The enemy is not omnipresent or everywhere present as God is, so he must coerce spiritual and human beings to join in his evil efforts of destruction. The enemy cannot read our minds, so he must study our words and our behaviors to find ways to appeal to us and catch us up in his evil ways. As limited as the enemy of God is, he is still very successful in imposing the vilest kinds of evil and destruction imaginable, primarily through his use of deception. For hundreds and hundreds of years, the enemy of God has been patiently at work to ensnare as many people into his plans as possible. He's gathered people unto his wicked schemes the same way he enticed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the same way he attempted to entice Jesus in the wilderness. The enemy promises a greater life experience to those who will follow him. He entices individuals based on observations reported to him by his minions to know what appeals to each person. For some, it's money. For others, it's fame. Still others, it might be power. And the list goes on and on. The enemy knows scriptures. He's not unaware of what God has written in the Bible. He knows the nations are Christ's inheritance and the government of the world is upon the shoulders of Jesus. Satan wants and has always wanted to dethrone God, so he seeks to pervert righteousness from gaining hold in government of the nations and to bring the nations to worship him instead of the one true God. Satan has worked evil, death, and destruction in every generation of humanity in effort to interfere with God's plans. One example is the story of the Tower of Babel in the ancient city of Babylon, which, by the way, is modern-day Iraq. The efforts of the people to build a Tower of Babel to dethrone God is an early example of an evil cabal, which we read about in Genesis chapter 11. A cabal is a group of like-minded people who operate in a secret clique or faction. Since anything done in secret is meant to deceive, by definition, cabals are evil and therefore influenced by Satan. We're trying to make sense out of what's going on today, so I want us to really get this. Satan has worked through kings and priests, governmental leaders, and those with influence throughout the ages to corrupt the leadership and to have them oppress and control the people of God to prevent us from finding the truth and the hope of Christ. While the enemy of God has been at work seeking to bring destruction around the globe from the beginning of time, I want now to focus on America 
And I'm focusing on America because of the radical times we're living in and the influence America has on the whole world. Prophets and learned Christians have reviewed history, and they offer some compelling details to help us make sense of our present-day realities in America. And their findings date back to the days of the Civil War. Well-respected prophet Johnny Inlow is among those who have expressed similar considerations that I'm going to present now. And to help you know more about him, I have included a link to an interview of Johnny Inlow by Steve Schultz in the show notes. Historians say when the Republic of America was founded, it was established under the Constitution for the United States of America. But after the Civil War, which left our nation in serious financial condition, Congress cut a deal with international bankers to secure a loan, which in 1871 created a corporation under the Constitution of the United States of America, with this corporation owned by foreign interests. This newly formed corporation with the new Constitution basically shoved the original Constitution into the background and provided new rules for the leaders of the corporation to now follow, and I believe it opened the doors for Satan to begin another long-term plan of corruption that included the formation of various secret societies. Societies such as the Freemasons, Skull and Bones, the Illuminati, the Bilderberg, and more societies like these. And this is the time many believe the Deep State or the Cabal was first formed in America. Now, I have a link to an online article titled Secret Societies in America provided for you in the show notes. You'll want to be sure to read that. It's very eye-opening. Now, I found it fascinating that on the last page of this article by W.S. Harwood, it states, quote, It may be urged that the hidden power of the fraternal orders is used at times to influence the course of elections. It is perhaps quite within bounds to say that these orders are increasing in membership in the United States at the rate of between 250 and 300,000 members annually. And I'm going to insert right here, this article was written in 1897. And that, of course, implies that there's even a greater potential of growth in these secret societies today. Okay, so the article continues. Perhaps in no other country in the world could these orders thrive so constantly and at the same time be so free from any suggestion of national censure. End quotes. If you'd like to learn more about the Secret Societies of America elite, use the link that I have in the show notes to get Stephen Sora's book by that same title. It's really fascinating. Well, I believe the enemy of God has worked ever since the days of following the Civil War to tear down America. By appealing to the greed and lusts of mankind, Satan has worked behind the scenes. Within our three branches of government, he's worked in the judicial, the legislative, and the executive branch. And he's also worked within our military to create a force that can take our country down from within. Satan's evil influence to create a strong alliance of people who will willingly work against the American people, has since infiltrated all seven mountains of society. Government, religion, education, media, arts slash entertainment, business, and family. There is not a single segment of society that does not have people who believe they are self-serving and enjoying power, fame, and wealth for their own pleasures who are in reality deceived by Satan. The recent presidential elections and the many criminal activities people willingly enacted to overthrow our legitimate election process that's supposed to be the backbone of a republic provides for me all the evidence we need for the extent of the modern-day cabal. And while I've only been talking about the cabal specific to America, I want to remind you the cabal exists worldwide. What can we know about the agenda of the modern-day cabal? Well, 
I believe they have literally etched their plans in stone known as the Georgia Guidestones. Now, I can't prove what I believe about the Georgia Guidestones, but time will tell if my present suspicions are correct or not. Now, to make sure I report to you correctly, I want you to know I'm reading this portion of my presentation. The Georgia Guidestones are a granite monument erected in 1980 in Elbert County, Georgia, in the United States. A set of 10 guidelines is inscribed on the stones in eight modern languages with a shorter message inscribed at the top of the structure in four ancient language scripts. One granite slab stands in the center with four arranged around it. A capstone lies on top of the five slabs, which are astronomically aligned. An additional stone tablet, which is set in the ground a short distance to the west of the structure, provides some notes on the history and the purpose of the guidestones. The structure is sometimes referred to as an American Stonehenge. The monument is 19 feet 3 inches tall, made from six granite slabs weighing 237,746 pounds in all. The anonymity of the guidestones' authors and their apparent advocacy of population control, eugenics, and internationalism have made them an object of controversy and various theories. The explanatory stone, or tablet, identifies the structure and the languages used on it, lists facts and astronomical features of the stone, and refers to a time capsule buried under the tablet, however without dates and times noted specific to the time capsule. The stated purpose inscribed is, quote, let these be guidestones to an age of reason. End quote. Around the edges of the square are written translations to four ancient languages, one per edge. Starting from the top and proceeding clockwise, they are Babylonian in cuneiform script, Classic Greek, Sanskrit, and Ancient Egyptian in hieroglyphs. On the side is the following column of text. Astronomic features. 1. Channel through stone indicates celestial pole. 2. Horizontal slot indicates annual travel of the sun. 3. Sunbeam through capstone marks noontime throughout the year. Additional inscription. Author R.C. Christian, which is clearly noted to be a pseudonym. And curiously, the word pseudonym is misspelled with the last letter being an N instead of an M. And I find it especially interesting that the selected pseudonym last name is Christian, not because of my last name, but because of what this whole monument seems to be really truly about, which is anti-Christian in my opinion. It goes on, sponsors, a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason. Time capsule placed six feet below this spot on, there's no date, to be opened on, and again, there's no date. This is curious enough, right? Well, Adding to the mystery of the guidestones and the inscriptions is a message consisting with a set of 10 guidestones or principles engraved on the Georgia guidestones in eight different languages, one language on each face of the four large upright stones. Moving clockwise around the structure from due north, these languages are English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindu, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. And what do the inscriptions say? The inscriptions read, Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. 
Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. And yes, that last statement about nature is repeated twice on the stones. Clearly, a group of people agree to these guidelines enough that they went to the personal expense and the effort to erect this huge monument. But what is even more curious is the increasing amount of blood that has been appearing at the very top of the monument, as documented by several, including Christopher McDonald with Sheila Holm. If you're interested in watching that video, I'll have a link for you in the show notes. Now, let me explain. The wind was blowing terrible the day that that video was made, so the audio was really frustrating. However, I believe it is important for us in these days of desperately needing to discover and live in life-giving truth that we, and are you ready for this? Leave no stone unturned. Okay, a corny pun, but the Georgia Guidestones are something we should know about. So look for the link in the show notes. Sheila Holm wrote in her book by the name of For the Sake of America about the Georgia Guidestones, and I quote, The stones reveal the Ten Commandments, which are considered the Satanic Commandments. Immediately, you will recognize the connection between the Ten Commandments listed on the Guidestones and pagan rituals and their beliefs regarding the focus upon nature. According to rumor, the monument had been paid for by a mysterious group affiliated with a New Age movement, an international amalgamation of humanist societies whose aim is to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord Maitreya, a messiah they believe will save the world. The guiding force behind the movement is the Lucius Trust, located in the United Nations Plaza in New York. End quote. Now, I hadn't heard of Lord Maitreya, and I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I hadn't heard of this name. So looking it up, I learned some believe what's called theosophy, which claims, quote, Lord Maitreya is an advanced spiritual entity and high-ranking member of a hidden spiritual hierarchy, the masters of the ancient wisdom. According to theosophical doctrine, one of the hierarchy's functions is to oversee the evolution of mankind. In accord with this function, Maitreya is said to hold the office of the world teacher, end quote. If you use the link I have in the show notes, you'll see that the symbolism includes the Nazi swastika, a serpent, a triangle within a triangle, and the Egyptian symbol for the key of life. Why do I share about the Georgia Guidestones, especially since they are steeped in mystery? Because the enemy of God is blatantly at work in our midst. What was once done in secret, behind closed doors, in dark, is today being done right out in the open before our very eyes. God is revealing many matters to us so that we are awakened to the truth that we have missed for so long. We are all on a journey to discover truth. We desperately want truth, and collectively, worldwide, we are awakening to the fact that our governments cannot be trusted that there are deceptive people and practices seeking to promote their own agenda to the demise of the majority of the people of the world. Look what's come out since the announcement of COVID-19. Controversy over nearly every instruction from media-supported medical professionals, mandates from media-supported governmental leaders, lockdowns that have destroyed people's livelihoods, health, families, and so much more. Nothing deceptive is ever from God. 
deception is ever and only from the enemy. And I recently found an article where a former Pfizer vice president was interviewed and he clearly stated, quote, your government is lying to you in a way that could lead to your death. There'll be a link in the show notes. The way I see it is the enemy of God has worked hard to promote his destructive agenda, which is to circumvent God's plan for a great harvest of souls. The enemy has wanted to accelerate his plan to get the world to worship him before the great harvest of souls in effort to prevent these people from finding the truth of Jesus. But God will not allow his timeline to be interfered with, especially considering the tremendous numbers of people who are soon to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus in what is referred to as the billion soul harvest. We must be aware, as our moral culture and respect for religion declined, spirituality and pagan or occultism and their practices have increased. The popularization of astrology, intrigue in zombies, the promotion of the wizardry and witchcraft of Harry Potter, interest in the paranormal, interest in occultism, interest in magic, and Satan worship have all increased much of which is practiced and is on display in the open today. Now, I recently learned about a satanic prayer on hating white people included in a new quote-unquote prayer book being sold at Target. Yes, this really exists. Again, I'll have a link for you in the show notes. So if you doubt me about this, please do your own research. Just simply put in the words popularization of a cult in the search bar. But be aware and supremely cautioned. This underworld seeks to ensnare and devour any and all people possible. I stress the importance of us realizing we are living in a battle against good and evil. I can't stress that enough. The battle between the enemy of God and Satan is real. But we know because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Satan is a defeated foe. But until the very end of God's planned timeline, the enemy still seeks to deceive rob, kill, and destroy. So we must be aware of our enemy in terms of his schemes, tactics, and areas of infiltration. As God increases his judgment on evil, which has already begun and will definitely increase in short order, we must be engaged in this battle. And here's what I propose we do. Pray for those who have been cooperating with evil, knowingly or unknowingly, to realize their deceived condition and repent and intentionally choose to align themselves with God through faith in Christ. Pray for those who don't yet know Jesus to discover him and embrace the truth that sets us free. Pray for the workers of the harvest, people like you and me who have already discovered truth and are uniquely able to help make disciples of new believers. Knowing God is judging people and removing them from positions of influence, pray, asking God what roles you can fill to restore our culture back to a God-fearing state to make America godly again? Where are you gifted, skilled, or called to work or serve? Church, government, education, arts slash entertainment, media, business or family? We need to elevate the Christian influence in every mountain of society. We also can use our Christian influence every chance we get to promote a culture of respect for all our God-given rights and freedoms. We need to promote unity of all people groups as Christ desires us to love our neighbor as ourselves, thereby squelching the evidences or claims of racism. And lastly, let's listen only to truthful and trustworthy reports that reflect God's plans and purposes and use our spiritual weapons to pull down and stand against every lofty ideal or philosophy that is contrary 
to the Word of God in promotion of godly righteousness. Next week, we'll explore the rise of the American people who are waking up to the truth about corruption and the inspiring works and advancements they have made so we can learn what more we can do to partner with God for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I sincerely hope today's podcast has brought you some encouragement and some direction, and I welcome your comments. And I even ask you to connect with me. I don't want this to be a one-way connection. So I'll share with you how to contact me in just a minute. But first, I want to introduce you to Edward Torres, a team member with Ameriprise Financial LLC, who can help you with your future goals. What passions do you want to pursue next in your life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Well, your Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor, Edward Torres, with the practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help you plan for the very life you want today and well into your future. With the right financial advisor, life can be, well, brilliant. Call Edward Torres at 949-250-3210. Office is located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website in the show notes, and I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. If you've liked what you've heard today, I'd sincerely appreciate hearing from you. Sitting in my studio before this microphone feels like a very one-way conversation, and I just don't want that. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member, and that way you'll receive special announcements and offers that are not available to others. And with so much going on every day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live By TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Also, be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items. I've got a ton of them today that are listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On my landing page, there's a link and a whole lot more information about my sponsors and my partners. And again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring to you is how you can support me, which would be greatly appreciated. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to the podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition? And lastly, visit my page for this show at faithtoliveby.com, where you can learn about and take advantage of the special offers available to my listeners from my sponsors and partners. Faith to Live By is a business owned and operated by Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.